Hello, hello to all of you wormies out there for the 17th episode of the Worm Burner Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and I apologize for not being able to make an episode this past week, um, mainly due to technical issues with my computer and other other miscellaneous stuff. Uh, I was just super, super busy, but uh, again, thank you so much for being patient with me, and I'm so happy to be able to present this episode to you. Uh, so for this week, we are going to be going over, again, going back to positions because I feel like we've uh, taken some episodes to just talk about some miscellaneous stuff, just to get a conversation going and to get a point of view across. And so for this week, we're going to be talking about inverted wingers and defensive wingers and basically the difference uh, that they play within a team and so on and so forth. So uh, without further ado, if you have not already, go ahead and like and follow our Facebook page. It is The Warm Burner Podcast on Facebook. Uh, and then as well, if you have not checked out our website, it is the-warmburner-podcast.captivate.fm. Again, if you did not hear that, it was the-warmburner-podcast.captivate.fm. So without further ado, thank you for your patience on this episode, and let's go ahead and get into it. All right, and so for this week, we're going to be talking about inverted wingers and defensive wingers, and this is going to be relating to the position of left and right midfielder. So, uh, like I said, for this week, we're going to be going over that, and so for a defensive winger, uh, this is where you kind of see someone within the realm of, of course, staying back, not having that aggressive mindset within the left or right side of the pitch uh, or on the field. And so this can pertain a lot towards uh, being able to track back a lot more. And when it comes to uh, formations that deal with a lot of a attacking mentality, you tend to see these uh, defensive wingers in place uh, because, of course, when you're throwing so many people forward, you need to be able to designate a few people to come backwards. And defensive wingers no different. Being able to drop back and help defend the sides of the pitch, especially uh, if your team isn't that widely focused, if that makes sense, because some formations uh, deal pretty evenly throughout the pitch, uh, whereas others focus more in the um, central of the park or even lopsided towards the front and or back. Um, so for these formations, they typically tend to be within the 3-4-3 formation, uh, where you have three central defenders and then uh, two, central mid two central midfielders, a left and right midfielder, and then either a attacking central midfielder or three strikers uh, in, in, a, in that case. So when it comes to that, that's why the defensive wingers are brought in. Uh, because w when you have so many people forward, you need to be able to, of course, have people drop back and help the situation uh, it behind them because there's not that many uh, players being able to track out wide to the left or right side. Uh, so they need that defensive capability to be able to, again, track back, cover a man, and being able to take care of their respective sides, and especially if you're dealing with teams that are to the left or right and they want to cross the ball in or uh, play a dangerous pass uh, past the back line that uh, your defense has created. And so being that individual, you need to, of course, be able to get back. And that's one of the things uh, being able to 
um, that is the real key to not being so advanced that your wings are become a very massive disadvantage. And being able to recognize that is is it takes a lot to be able to understand, and you need to be able to have te- technique and and being able to realize where you can have your defensive lines and so on and so forth. So I know a lot of the times I talk uh, in some terms and every so often I remember, uh, saying that lines of engagement. So where you want your lines of engagement, uh, when you are putting defensive wingers within a formation, that is when you are going to be pressing your, uh, uh, engagement line a lot higher within the pitch. So if you, uh, are wanting to form a very attacking formation, this is probably one of the things that you want to do. Uh, When you have these wings that are obviously very barren with players, you're only having the left or right midfielder. Uh, Pretty much every single player, uh, the three strikers and or two strikers and a central attacking midfielder, your two central midfielders, and then your three central defenders, there isn't any wide players. You need to be able to drop back and and have players to, again, cover those wings, cover those sides. Uh, And if you don't, (laughs) let's be 100% honest, uh, you're going to hurt a lot, especially if you're going against taller individuals and the right attacking midfielders that can really pinpoint a good pass on the wings, uh, being able to cross it into the box and and so on and so forth. It's as simple as that. And you need to be able to realize, hey, like, I need to have these sections closed down. And and uh, being a player and, of course, being a coach, you're going to recognize mistakes and be able to point them out yourself. Um, and especially in film and all of that, that's a great ability uh, to being able to predict when players are going to do certain things and how you can exploit those mistakes. And being able to engage as a player uh, being able to know, okay, hey, uh, after this move or this move, they tend to do this. Or maybe a player can be uh, more heavily right-footed than left-footed, and so on and so forth. And and being able to pinpoint these mistakes uh, can lead to bigger, more, more mistakes uh, within the soccer pitch. And again, as I've stated before, soccer is not about the most goals. It's about the team that makes the, the least amount of mistakes. And it's so true in this instance, especially if you don't deploy central, central. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, when you don't deploy uh, defensive wingers, when you don't have anybody on the left and or right side of the pitch being able to drop back and, again, defend. And that's the whole purpose of of having these players. Again, I, I feel like I feel like I'm being repetitive, but it, I cannot. I cannot utilize how important these roles are, especially uh, within the specific role that you have uh, or within the specific formation that you have. Um, and every role has its importance and being able to know where each role is important and being able to know which roles work with which is extremely important in being able to know how your tactics are going to be able to be implicated on the pitch, because especially if you have two players. Uh, I know uh, I know that there were some individuals that uh, I had previously known that uh, were imploring 
the players to be wing backs uh, for the fullback position itself or for the right and left defender respectively. They wanted them to be wing backs, being able to push forward a lot and being able to to press the uh, perimeter of the field for their uh, opponent or against their opponent. And within the same breath, they wanted their right and left attacking midfielders to be wingers, which are predominantly roles that stay, again, towards the outside of the pitch. And this isn't a bad thing. This is definitely something that can be utilized. Uh, but when you are dealing with individuals and personnel that aren't used to these roles and or formations, sometimes, if not all the time, they can overlap to the point of basically they get in each other's way. You have too many players within a specific area or parameter. And again, they can get in the way of each other. And, and that's not always a good thing. Um, I always, uh, or I at least mentioned in a previous episode of, of creating overloads. Um, this, in this particular aspect, is not a good overload that you want, especially if you have two individuals that, again, aren't necessarily uh, used to each other being in each other's space, being able to utilize a space in between the uh, different gaps that the opposing team uh, presents. Uh, that can, can that can create a whole ton of confusion and hence uh, creating a lot more turnovers, especially and that's why at least in in my personal point of view and I've talked about this so many times before I understand that I love the fact that U.S. soccer is starting to implement a play practice play method, which is giving a lot more players more playing time, being able to know how their team is going to react and how their teammates are going to be able to re react during, excuse me, during specific situations. And that's so important. That is so important to being able to adjust and to be able to actually engage your players, knowing how they're going to react, especially with again within a game like setting, is significantly important, and it gives them an edge against the rest of their opponents that they're going to be facing because they have this chemistry with each other, and that's why whenever I hear. Uh, coaches and people going about and saying, "Hey, I'm imploring, or I'm I'm telling my right back and my, or so my right back's going to be a winger, or I'm sorry, my right back is going to be a wing back, and my right attacking midfielder is going to be a winger." Um, do they know that they're going to be basically within the same parameter, probably within ten? easily within 10 feet of each other, uh, not basically not getting in each other's way, being able to adjust, find the space in between the players, and can they read each other? Because there are so many times where even in, in pickup, I think, I think a perfect example of seeing where uh, you can basically get in, into someone's way uh, is pickup soccer. You can see these players uh, for themselves, they've never played with each other before. They they don't know the rules that they that they specifically want to play, um, and they're just uh, in their own little tangent world basically sometimes. And and I know a lot of there are a lot more collisions and a lot more uh, misunderstandings of players where they want to be and and uh, how they're utilized on the pitch during pickup games. I, it's 
it's something that I see a lot, and I, it's something that I wish we were able to understand a lot more. But, I mean, it's pickup soccer. Nobody takes it that seriously, being able to uh, assign roles or, or maybe even positions, because I know there's so many times where I've jumped into a game and nobody had a position, and we were just running all over the pitch. Um, it's just it's crazy sometimes to think of of how nonchalant the game can be sometimes but within the same breath it can be so sophisticated and of course you you don't have to look any further than the british game and the and the french game the the spanish game german game basically europe i mean it's it's amazing to see how in depth it, it really and truly is but getting back on point those defensive wingers uh, need to be able to understand that they have multiple and specific roles within a formation. Then that is what leads me to an inverted winger, because I know, as I've stated before, there are so many good examples. And for an example like this, uh, the best way I can explain a inverted winger is let's just take a right attacking midfielder for an example. Uh, an inverted winger is a person that is predominantly stronger on the opposing foot of the position he's playing. So like, for example, that right attacking midfielder, a inverted winger is a better ball player on his left foot. And so that allows for the player to essentially create what's called, or what we had previously discussed before a inside forward role being able to cut inside and shoot on goal with that left strong left foot you see a lot of players nowadays of course being able to play with both feet and you don't really necessarily see players nowadays being specific towards that one action i think the best example uh, that i can at least describe within what i've seen in soccer is frank ribery and iron robin from uh bayern munich um they were a perfect example of inverted wingers. Iron Robin was, of course, right attacking midfield, and he was predominantly great or better with his left foot. And uh, Frank Ribery was the exact same way. Uh, he was a left attacking midfielder, but he was predominantly better foot-wise with his right foot. And so being able to create those mismatches, uh, being able to not only head down the wing and cross the ball with your left foot, but being able to cut inside and create a chance on goal uh, is is definitely something that an inverted winger can do, being able to do. But it's, it's essentially taking a inside forward and a winger and slapping the two positions together. They can do both of these things. Um, and so this is where I really like to enjoy and to see because I love being able to dissect defenses. Of course, uh, when I played, of course, not not professionally or not to any degree of a uh, formal competition, let's say, uh, but being able to see the way that defenses are run and how I want to break them down, I uh, there's so many times where I'm just caught uh, looking at different formations in games and soccer. Uh, there's so many times. I, I love to play a game called Football Manager, and it's amazing. I've logged 
countless hours in this game and, and being able to see the formations that different teams have and, and being able to dissect it in my head how I would approach the game uh, and especially taking it in real life as well, being able to see the way that the opposing team is going to line up on the pitch and being able to understand, hey, this is going to be a potential weakness. Tell your players about it and then going on and moving forward from that. And one of the best ways to, or at least in my opinion, one of the best positions to be able to exploit these, uh, at least on the left and or right side of the pitch, uh, and especially with defenders getting too far forward and not coming back and doing their defensive duties is an inverted winger because not only can they get down the side and wait for someone to come into the box for them to cross, but they can create that, that chance on their own, come inside, and of course shoot on goal, especially if they're the only one uh, on that side of the pitch. And, and of course on side, can't forget that because that's one of the things that uh, – I, I would love to definitely do a dissection uh, over some of the misconceptions that Americans have, and and uh, but I'm going to save that for later episodes because I, I want to kind of dedicate an episode to uh, basically the world kind of making fun of Americans with soccer, and it's to to a certain degree it is humorous i mean i there's so many times where i i personally i've been i've been countless countless times i've laughed at uh commercials like a ted lasso and and i i actually just recently figured out that they made an entire series about the guy and and being able to show the world that okay maybe the americans they're taking this at a tiny bit more seriously, but not really, because this, the series is is about how Americans know so little about soccer, and it it, it throws some th- throws some comedy in there, and it's it's really good. It's at least from what I've seen, it's very good humor. I want to dissect it later on, and I definitely don't want to get off off topic here, but that's uh, the big advantages of an inverted winger being able to again take both sides of the pitch and being able to contain the specific opponent that you're going against uh and then going back to defensive midfield or defensive winger that's where they need to drop back being able to know where they where they need to be uh, whether they can press up in the attack or uh, being able to drop back and help with their defensive duties, it's it's imperative to work this into your players and and into yourself as well. Uh, this isn't this isn't a podcast uh, as I've stated before uh, about coaches about players. This is again with anyone being able to show. Uh, and if I can get a few more Americans to watch their favorite team, no matter where they are, and maybe even use some of these terms that I'm using and say, Hey, you need to drop back and, and do your defensive duties pretty much. Like it's, there's so many times where I see Americans yelling attack, 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 attack. And I'm just like, okay, there's a little more than just that in soccer. You can't just do that all the time. And thankfully I, I, I think that we have a very good atmosphere that we're cultivating, and especially with the, uh, again, kind of going back to Ted Lasso, we are creating a culture where we want to know more, 
And that's where I really enjoy and I love seeing the MLS again, expanding even more teams. We're, we're, I think we're going to 30 teams in 2022 or 2023, which is insane, by the way. I, I don't know how we're going to contain so many teams within one league. And I would highly advise that we create an actual format where we actually promote pro-rel which, again, this also an uh, episode on the Warm Burner podcast, if you haven't listened to that. Shameless plug. But uh, that's, that's something. For me personally, we are creating a really good atmosphere here in the United States. And, again, I can't be more proud of us. Uh, so, as as I've stated, again, inverted wingers has both traits of an inside forward and a winger, basically clumped into one, being able to cut inside and present a chance on goal while within the same breath being out wide, being able to cross with precision to particular teammates within the box. And then a defensive winger is someone that can, again, both be a part of the attack, but mainly being back in defense and trying to help out other teammates that are basically lackluster on the wing side, especially in formations like the three, four, three and so on and so forth. You don't want, uh, two attack-minded formations. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the Extra Man Advice of the Week. All right, so this week's Extra Man Advice of the Week, you're going to be going a tiny bit into the actual game itself and being able to break yourself in, of an old habit. Um, I know for a fact when it came to me playing soccer, probably one of the hardest things for me to do, at least personally for me, was to not ball watch and to react a lot quicker because when you're becoming very reactive and you need to be able to get to the ball, you're able to obviously contain a lot quicker and being able to assess the assess the situation, and um, that's it's super important to be able to do that. So don't sit and wait for the ball to come to you. So I know a lot of coaches they don't drill this in. Um, and, and sometimes that can be the difference between, uh, a mistake or, or even getting, losing possession of the ball, being able to know the difference between to, to stay and wait and being able to actually go after the ball, especially if you see an opposing player going after the ball, you need to be on top of them, uh, making sure that they don't gain possession of the ball. And, and even if you can try to gain possession away from them, uh, that can be even better obviously, but that's that's one of the key things. Work on your reaction times, being able to understand, hey, I need to go now, and don't second-guess it. Uh, one of the key things and one of the key is to eliminate hesitation, uh, being able to eliminate those moments of once you commit to a decision, commit to it wholeheartedly, and if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. If not, then keep going, keep moving forward as if you uh, obviously hadn't made a mistake. And have that confidence and have that bravado about yourself of, of being able to basically side with yourself and say like, hey, I've made a mistake. I made a situation worse. I apologize. This is what I'm going to do to make the situation better. Or if you didn't make a mistake and you made an amazing play, be like, yeah, I made an amazing play. There you go. <laughs> it's kind of the it's kind of fake it till you make it, at least in that instance. Yeah. I, I totally meant to do that. I totally meant to do that. No, you 
kind of didn't. But I mean, hey, fake it till you make it. That's that's one of those things. Commit. Make sure that you know what you want to do, decision wise, and commit to it. That's what you need and want to do, especially with reactions. Uh, be the first to the ball. Make sure that that you aren't leaving anything to chance, reaction wise. Um, so that's my extra man advice of the week for this week. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And again, guys, I apologize for last week's technical difficulties. I hope that I have the situation resolved, but of course, if, uh, it's not, I will of course keep you up to date on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner podcast. And if you haven't already, go ahead and go to our website, the-wormburner-podcast.captivate.fm. Again, that is the-wormburner-podcast.captivate.fm. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Have fun, stay safe, love soccer, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.